is is there a more cryptic text message to get? Then, well, let me let me get the exact phrasing down because it was it was particularly amusing. Hang on, everything isn't working. <laughs> Which to me feels like it should be nothing is working, but I love you. I don't I love that it's like everything isn't working. I don't know. It seems just <laughs> funny to me. You shouldn't taunt it. Okay, now we're just going to the laptop mic. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's, it's one of these things where I, I was just trying to be like, it's not just one thing or another. It's like, no, the camera's disabled, the mic isn't working, it just ever, everything. Everything, everywhere, yeah. all at once. Because, <laughs> like, an amateur IT and troubleshooting, when, like, Tara's, like, something, you know, she's like, it's not working. I'm like, okay, let's start from you know, where you are, the whatever peripheral you're using, and we'll go down, is it the peripheral? Is it the wire? Is it the software? Is it, the, you know, like, go down. But when it's, like, literally everything isn't working in its own way is just funny to me. Yes, I also appreciate, now, I appreciate that you weren't, like, well, what is it working? Tell me about it. You were just, like, oh, no. And because like, yeah. you said everything. Like, it wasn't, nothing is working. I'm, like, what do you mean? What isn't working? And you're, like, everything, which yeah. sounds more, <laughs> like, I don't I, know why the Titanic, like, I don't know, like, like, the, yes. like the, the, it just feels like, what's not working, sir? Everything. Yeah, it's like, we haven't flooded one or two engine compartments. We flooded six. Yes. Uh, Did we talk about Tara and I seeing that in 3D on this podcast? No. We went to see it for its 25th anniversary in 3D, which was pretty, pretty amazing. I hadn't seen uh, it since. It's, it's truly amazing is what you're saying. Like, like you're not being sarcastic. Yeah, I the, the the 3D was very cool. I'll, I'll get into my thoughts on the movie. I will say the one thing that was kind of annoying about 3D that I don't know if it's just this movie, but like when there's a two shot of an actor like over the shoulder of an actor mm-hmm. doing dialogue in a 3D movie, it looks like one person is it looks like they're like looking past each other. Like if you're telling me they're standing like six feet apart, mm. like Leo looked like he was way closer to the screen than Kate. So it looked like he was like, like they lined up for the shot and they went, all right, Leo, now take five big steps to your left. Now let's shoot the scene. Like, it's like, okay. Like that was funny. That's the only time I really like the 3D stuck out to me. Other times it was very immersive. But that movie's a little hard to watch because while it was a pioneer in some CGI technology, a lot of it I'm watching, I'm going, they're just practically drowning these people. Like it's just like, I'm watching almost drownings with a lot of people off camera ready to help them. Yes. And also I don't know how deep some of that water was. What I know about James Cameron, I'm willing to bet those weren't the safest conditions. And there's probably stories we don't hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think it's like they're covering up murders or anything. Right, it's not right. like anything that bad, but I'm sure like actors were like, this was not fun. Like I'm sure if we act, ask a lot of actors who weren't the main actors. They're like, that sucked. Well, and I also, I'm sorry if you can hear Leo. He is like scratching his ear. With I great, can't. I was just thinking about that. With great gusto right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just really going to town um, and like chewing on his feet and everything. Um, I do kind of recall around that time because Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio were like, their, their careers were definitely on the rise, but they weren't like, you know, the A-list people they are now. I feel like I do recall them saying that it was, that it was just weeks and weeks of them in like 50 degree, 50 ish mm-hmm. degree water. And like, the parts where they're running through parts of the boat that have already shipped that have already been flooded and stuff. They're like, you know, we just had to do that over and over again. You're, you're wearing wet clothes and mm-hmm. you're running around in water and you just can't get warm. It like goes down to your bones and everything. So it, I mean, he also did the abyss, which is a very wet movie, which people have, I mean, that movie obviously didn't do as well as Titanic. 
So I wonder if that empowered the actors to be like, this sucked. Like, this is the worst. Mm-hmm. And like, there's all these things about how horrible the conditions were. I mean, he's not exactly, he's a director who's like willing to, willing to put his actors through a lot of hardship to get his shots. Yes. Yes. Hold on one second. Have James Cameron and Tom Cruise ever made a movie together? Because Tom Cruise, you know. I don't think so. I just, I feel like that is a movie that would actually kill Tom Cruise. Because, like, Tom Cruise, you know, like, wants to die doing a movie stunt. He's so insistent on doing his own stunts and everything that I feel like that's <laughs> how Tom Cruise would die, is making a James Cameron if, movie. If we got to that point, absolutely. But at the same time, I don't think we'd get to that point because they are such hard-headed auteurs of their mm. craft that so, they wouldn't, yeah. you couldn't have them in a movie together. However, they both purposefully did not go to the Oscars this year. So maybe, maybe they'll find some kinship in that. And then guys, we just pop some popcorn and watch this movie get made. Did they have a reason? Uh, well, I think no. And you don't have to have a reason. You could just be like, Oh no, I, I'm not. Able I didn't to know if it was like for a cause. Like, no, I don't no, believe they, because they, they, they didn't say anything. It wasn't until it was announced. I mean, it was announced at the ceremony that they weren't there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people kind of think that James Cameron thinks the Academy did not give avatar or whatever. The most recent one is like enough recognition and he was like it's not like i'm gonna win and yeah yeah i mean fair enough um i yeah so i really enjoyed watching titanic again like i said the i I don't know if i said this actually uh but the last time i saw it was like on the double vhs yes in the late 90s and i was like this is a movie for girls and like didn't really appreciate it and watch it this time i was like this is harrowing like yes there's a love story but and it's yeah there's some cheesy stuff in here but like I don't think James Cameron necessarily goes deep on themes and story. Like he, he doesn't, it's not like a wide like range of like, these characters have a lot of, a lot of, uh, motivations you don't usually see in these characters. Like it is Leo has like a few things and it's very, it's, it's deep for him. Like it's, it's a very thin spike of like, they'll, he'll really get into like, I love you. Um, you know, the poor people, like this woman wants to not be in this society, this, you know, we learn that poor people are better than rich snobby people, like you know that sort of thing. It's 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 pretty standard, but he does it well, and he, you know, executes with with uh, you know amazing special effects and story and and heart and like not not in a heart, but like dedication to what he's doing. And Tara and I, we got there's a there's a Titanic board game that is that we bought kind of as a joke, and it's actually really good. And it's you set up the Titanic and you put all these things and you indicate when each each floor is flooding. So like that part of the board, you can't go anymore. And you play someone from the game. You play Jack Rose. uh, Oh, it's it's connected to the movie. Got it. It's connected to the movie. And I was like, well, I'm going to play Cal. And each person has a special ability. Cal is the Billy Zane character. Yes, yes. And his special ability is... You can get like you can. The point is to like you can collect people and save them and put them on the uh lifeboat like you're running to those rooms and putting them on lifeboats and getting things and putting them on lifeboats and you know all that stuff but cal's ability is i can throw people overboard to get points <laughs> which like once again i can just throw someone overboard and i was like this guy's awesome and so i went the joke between me and tara was like oh i'm gonna root for cal the whole time uh this is an amazing billy zane performance and i went from like oh this is gonna be a bad guy i like to like like, because the joke was when he came on screen, I clapped in the theater a little bit, and everyone was like, "What the fuck's this guy's problem?" And I was like, by the end, I was like, "Boo!" <laughs> like it wasn't, it was, it wasn't like 
a fun like Disney villain performance where you're like, yes, I love this guy. But then I was like, no, this guy's the worst. And he's really good at that. But he, he is. He's, really he's very good. Uh, okay, wait, two things. Um, one thing I've already forgotten. Oh, no, wait. Okay, wait. Have we talked about the alternate ending to Titanic that they actually yes. filmed? Okay. Perhaps I first the learned maniac about it on laughter. this podcast. Um, what? The maniac laughter. Yes. Yes. Okay. We need to like post that in the group again if we haven't posted it recently because yeah I don't know we tried talking about it I tried talking to Tara about it let's not talk about it it's a you, it's honestly a, it's a bonkers I can't talk we'll about it because it. it's so hard to describe it's that right bat crazy that I like you, people just have to watch it um and, and and you're like of course they don't show this of course they yes. redo the ending yes um secondly I want to say. Was Billy Zane a finalist to be the Michael J. Fox character in Back to the Future? There's some... Eric Stoltz. No, no. I know Eric, Eric Stoltz oh, okay, was actually okay. cast and they filmed some of it. But I want to say Billy Zane... Billy was... Zane is in Back to the Future too. Okay. That's not what I'm talking about, though. Okay. Bill, there is a movie that like catapulted oh. somebody of that era to stardom that Billy Zane was one of the finalists. And I want to say it was Back to the Future or maybe it was Top Gun. That it's like one of those movies where it was like Billy Zane would have had a completely different career if he had been in this movie. Maybe the movie wouldn't I, have been as good, but like movie, it would have been just a completely different career and be much more of a household name. I could have seen him as Iceman in Top Gun. Um, no, I, I want to say it was like the Tom Cruise character. Um, hang wow. on. I, let me see. I mean, I know he did The Phantom and that kind of was like, everyone's like, okay, dude. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. I'm just going to Google what movie was Billy Zane almost in. Let's see what, let's see what the old Google finds out. Uh, no, I don't need to know movies that he was in. That is not, uh, well, you know what? I'm just, I'm guys, I'm, I'm going to find this. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what I could talk about to kind of cover you. No, no, I'm just, I, no, I, I, I'm like, I'm going to find this and put it in the group later. Don't, okay, cool. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm not going to keep us all on, I, on the I line. don't think it was Back to the Future because he had a very minor part in Back to the he was like one of Biff's goons in Back to the Future 2. So I feel like... Well, that that could make sense though that the casting director was like, I still remember this guy being great. Let's use him for something. That's... That, 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 the, that could the discrepancy in those two roles is so great to me. And I don't know that he did anything between them. It might have... That might have been the start of his career. I don't know. Um, but you know the whole Eric Stoltz like filmed oh, yes. a bunch of it. and Yes. You can see it and it, it just isn't... It's just not Michael J. Fox. Um, and what wasn't Eric Stoltz like also like incredibly hard to work with. And that's another reason why they were like, we're not going to, we are going to ask you to no longer be in this movie. I heard he just, I mean, the only thing I know is that he was just not hitting the humor and fun and charming of this, of the Michael J. Fox post. It was just very like serious and like, I, I think I perhaps read between the lines on some of the, uh, trivia about him being removed from it and it was that he mm. was like yeah that he was a little too serious about it and um apparently stayed in uh character even like when not filming Ugh. and i mean yeah, it's like okay you know what only daniel day lewis can do that so um do you want to jump into this episode I don't, I don't have anything else to catch up on yeah yeah we can we can jump in a little little, little quickly yeah uh, hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs, and we talk about Titanic. We talk about technical issues, uh, speaking of Titanic. And today, we also talk about Frasier. And today, we are going to talk about two episodes. The first one being, and I didn't get the, it's the last 
It is crud. Fathers and Sons. Yeah, Fathers and Sons, but do you know it's... Oh, it's, Season it's, it's, 10, it's, Episode 22. 22, okay. Fathers and Sons uh, aired May 6, 2003, directed by Kelsey Grammer. Wow, he's on a roll of directing. He's done, a few, he's done a, quite a few this season, and I will be honest, I've liked a lot of his episodes, and this is one of the ones I really liked. Um, Leland Barton, Hester Crane's old research assistant, visits Seattle. He is so alike in personality to Fraser and Niles that Martin starts to wonder who is the boy's real father. When I read that, so I kind of like, I do these like copy paste, throw them up. Mm -hmm. And then I don't really read the the synopsis until like, I got to a part where I went, oh, is this what's going to happen? And then I went back and looked and I'm like, oh yeah, this is, you know, this, when I kind of was like, oh, are we supposed to think this is actually Fraser's dad? Mm -hmm. And I hated that idea. I didn't like it, but like when I read it and thought about it, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like the rest of this episode. But I found this one won me over. Laurel. It, it it won me over too, and it went from, sorry for the collar jingle right there. It went from being, I thought very formulaic to actually being very touching and interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it took me back to some of the earlier episodes of Frasier, very early on when like Frasier and Martin are still kind of like ironing out the kinks in their relationship and stuff. And they have those really Mm -hmm. like touching moments. Like when Martin calls into the station for advice and stuff like that, it kind of, I don't know. It reminded me a little bit of that. Um, Can I tell you what the Hulu synopsis was? Because Hulu loves their one. Oh, sure, sure, sure. It was um, Martin begins to doubt that he is not Frazier and Niles, father. I was like, well, begins to doubt that he's not, or, or did you, uh, you... it's like, is led to think or, uh, like, yeah, yeah, I didn't know if you were saying the joke was they screwed up the grammar and it was like he's beginning to think he's not Fraser's father. <laughs> I was like, that's or but he's getting to doubt that he's not Fraser's father, oh, which is double negative. Okay. Which is like then I, oh. if I said that, then I misspoke. He begins to doubt that he's Fraser Niles' yes. father. So, but and I was like, which, well, this which is... sounds like he's just sitting in his chair one day and he's like, <laughs> like wait a second. Ooh. Um. So, do you know this actor, David Ogden Steers? No, he's. Ha- he he has passed. He passed, I think, in 2018. Oh, okay. He he has a pretty prolific. He was he was a major character on Mash okay. for like over 100 episodes. Um, he's been. In, I I remember him. He was a very weird character. Do you remember the sitcom Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place? Yes. He was like their weird neighbor who would tell them stories, and they go, "Wait, that's a movie." Like he had some kind of weird thing where he would confuse his life with movies. Okay. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but the thing you probably know him from is he's Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast, and he's been in other Disney voices. I know he's, he's been in Lilo and Stitch. Yes, it says and... he plays Governor Ratliff, Ratcliffe in Pocahontas. Oh, he is Ratcliffe. That's yes. right. So And Wiggins. He, um, I think he also plays his little assistant. Yes, Wiggins. he plays Wiggins. He's also in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And he's just he was just a, a, he's done a lot of voiceover stuff. You're right. A and he's a voiceover. very good He's a, which I think is interesting because I think it makes him a very good kind of mimic actor mm-hmm. or an actor. He's a, you know, does a lot of different characters, which works really well. I think they did a really good job of ramping up his similarities to Niles and Frazier because when he started doing it, I was like, well, I mean, they're kind of similar. And by the end, I was like, oh, I, I, I get it. This guy does look, without him doing a, a Frazier parody. Right, right. No, I agree. At, at first, when Roz is just like, they both like Sherry. They're both into art and psychiatry. I was like, this is all just kind of upper crust, stuffy people things. Yeah, yeah. This isn't, you know, it makes sense that if he worked with Fraser's mom, that he might have some similar interests. But th- the mannerisms that they slowly ramped up 
Mm-hmm. And like you said, never to the point of parody or where it's like an SNL imitation or something. I, I thought like the choreography of this episode in the way that they had their mannerisms line up was really smart. Yes. The Eddie kind of going back to his staring thing, which I forgot they kind of stopped doing. I love that they said, yes, he used to do that to me and not like, oh, yeah, he does that to me. And I want to be like, no, he doesn't. He hasn't done it in seasons. But like the idea of bringing it back was funny. Also, Eddie just looking back and forth highlight of the episode for me it's, it's such an it's, easy joke and i just loved it oh i'll tell you my highlight later but um i mean tell I think me it wasn't figured... the camouflage pants that roz was wearing okay okay i'm so glad you bumped on that because i usually sometimes you bring up fashion and i go oh i didn't notice this i was like she stood up in this and i'm like what are those pants these i i have it in all caps like i was like i said okay. roz these pants like what it's such a moment in time of like the early 2000s when camo attire it's, for girls was the thing we'd have like a camo jacket a camo t-shirt we had army day at school during spirit week but i think Roz has aged out a hundred percent like even at that time like yes. it, it felt like my age and she's you know you know maybe maybe in friends at most and that i don't even see uh i i feel like even friends they weren't even wearing that at this time. right right so. right like at like maybe rachel had them once but i was like no thank you um yeah i bumped on them a lot it was a very strange outfit uh i i I mean for anyone who you know i think we've kind of jumped around this it's basically someone that hester crane used to work with comes to the house Mm -hmm. and he's like i love that woman he's so he seems very like taken by her Mm -hmm. and also you know his his what appears to be like maybe attraction to her is actually kind of um, a little bit of melancholy for her loss and mm-hmm. he really cared for her but like Ross starts noticing the similarities between Niles and Fraser and, and this man and then puts in Martin's brain that maybe he's maybe Le- Leland is their father mm-hmm. um, that's pretty much it get, uh, spoiler alert he's not we'll get to that at the end yeah. if anybody's worried about that but like I I loved you know I have th- there's a bunch of little things in high I have in here but just talking about there's a there's a part after Martin kind of gets into his brain that uh, he might be the parents when he starts noticing them. They put him in situations where he's doing daddy things yes. to Fraser and then Niles, like really made me laugh. Like he wrote a manuscript. Fraser feels sick. He goes and he's like, "Well, can I just read it to you and give me his notes?" To which Fraser says, "If I can't give an opinion, you may as well call the coroner, tag my toe. I'm dead," which I feel should be the motto for this podcast. Because I feel like we are here to give an opinion about anything. We're, we're, we're here to give it hot takes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then Martin comes in and he's reading to him and he's like, oh, please read some. Like, it, it seems yes, very it like seems a, like a dad reading a bedtime kid. story to his son. And then the bit where Niles stands up to do something and his feet are asleep. And he's like, I'm okay. And and Leland's like, no, 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 walk it off, walk it off. Come here, come here. And he's doing like a toddler walk and Martin walks. He's like, yes, good. It like him taking his first steps. That re- that That's my favorite part of the episode. I really laughed at that. I thought that was very funny. There's another part I actually really, really laughed at, but we'll get to that. That's at the end. But I I like this guy. I I like him as a character. I like him as an actor. I go, I wrote, I love this guy when he was talking about, he, he was He's like, oh, it's a Coco Chanel. And Fraser's like, it's a copy of the one she has in the living room. He's like, I know. I passed out drunk on the original. So I don't know how, how much we want to jump to the end of his, of his oh. plot line. Sure. So, um, 
Well, no, because I, I was going to say the Coco Chanel thing planted a seed in my mind when I was when I was watching this. Oh, you called the ending. Yes, I did not. For some reason, it didn't pop to me. It. Yeah, I did not call it. I was. It occurred to me though that the ending yes. might be what it was, and I don't recall this. See, this is where it's like I feel like I only saw previews of Frasier episodes. I feel like I remember seeing snippets of this, and it's like who's the daddy kind of thing, and then yes. I don't actually recall seeing this episode. Well, before we get to that, there's something he does earlier that I thought was also fairly progressive for this, for 2002, is when he makes, he thinks it's it's Frasier, uh, Martin, and Roz and the thing, and he, he says hello to everyone, and he hasn't seen them since they were, since Frasier was like nine. And he looks at Roz and he goes, hello, I'm assuming you don't go by Niles anymore? Yeah. Which is a funny bit. She's like, no, no, I'm not Niles, I'm Roz. He goes, oh, okay. But like, it's not like... Woo, or like anything like yes. that. Like it, he 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 just goes, oh, okay. Like it's just kind of like yeah. There's no like har har about it or anything. Trans is not the joke. Tr- like a mistaken identity is the joke. Yes. Like and I think I think they handle that pretty well. Yes. But oh, that leads. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was gonna say they set this up well for the confusion or doubt that Martin has because. Frazier and Niles say several times that they last saw him when they were very young and he gave up psychiatry, Leland did, gave up psychiatry, moved to Paris, immersed himself in art, is now on the board of the Paris Museum. That, those are the actions of somebody who, like, can't bear to see the offspring they produced as a result of an affair and are like, I must get completely away from this and, like, Mm -hmm. live a completely Mm -hmm. different life. I, I just enjoyed that level of detail that they put into his story. I also liked the. I thought it for for a 2002 sitcom. It was very very honest for the scene where he was discussing it with Roz and being like, "I'm really nervous about this." Which it was. It was nice seeing a scene with Roz and Martin mm-hmm. that wasn't like just like an offshoot comedy mm-hmm. scene. It was like, "I have a problem. Let's talk, friend." Mm-hmm. Like I, I like that. But he was like, she was like, "Well, would you love them even any less if you knew they weren't yours?" And I do like that. Martin goes, "No, no." Well, yeah, a little bit at first, but then no, like I like that little bit of kind of brutal honesty yeah. of like, yeah, I it it would affect me not doing the whole like no, nothing would change, and it's like yeah, something would change, but I'd get over it, like you know, it would take a little bit of time, and I like that little bit, and I then liked him being like, what if Alice wasn't yours? There sure are a lot of babies that get lost at Boston at Seattle General, and she's like, what? Um, but that scene was good. So I do like the, the way Martin handles it. I like it's not mm-hmm. like a big blowout. It's not, you know, they find a way to not villainize. To like, Leland has good intentions. Leland at the end of this is a good person. Mm-hmm. It's not someone who like, you know, always pined over. It's not like, oh, well, we, we, we thought about it, but we never did anything. Which would still like kind of badly paint Hester mm-hmm. in him. It's Martin says can I walk you out mm-hmm. and is honest. It's a really good scene. It is. Says. It is. It's really well done. It's, I'd like to, John Mahoney I, also plays it perfectly. Well, oh, okay. So he says, he says, you know, Hey, I, I, I can't let you leave without, without asking you this. Um, and I forgot exactly what he says, but he's basically like, I know you really cared for my wife. Mm-hmm. And he was like, she was a wonderful woman. I loved her very much. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, how much? Mm-hmm. And he, he paused and he goes, enough to let her know that I'm gay. Mm-hmm. David Ogden Steers came out in 2009. John Mahoney, I don't know if he ever came out or if he was just... 
I, I don't know if he ever made a big public statement. I think it's kind of thought that amongst those who knew him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that might have... I mean, I, I, I don't want to assume for other people, but I can't imagine that those facts weren't playing in their head mm-hmm. as they did that scene. Mm-hmm. And they handle it so well. And they and it's I it, the way David Ogden, Ogden Steers does the scene is a way that it's like, is he just... Is he also, confi- I mean, he's also confiding in Martin, mm-hmm. but does he understand what Martin thinks? I think you could view it either way, mm. that he's just bringing that up to Martin. Like, he hasn't figured out, oh, you think I'm Fraser's dad. I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily think, I didn't pick up that. I, I thought he got what Martin was saying, like, yeah. did you have an affair with Hester? I was glad that Martin tells Roz, when Roz is like, what made you think she would ever cheat on you? And he was like, and I, in my mind, I was like, she did. Don't tell me that they're going to, like, revise the backstory of Fraser's mom. And when he's like, when Martin says, well, she did cheat on me. I was like, Oh my, thank God they've left that in. Cause mm. I think that's important to also say why perhaps this has come to Martin's mind. Why he's so can so easily believe that this could be true. Yeah. And I think it, the way they do it makes that seem like a one time thing mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of something they dealt with, but also the, like the scene was just so well done. And then it had a funny little button on the end. I liked, have they never on that show done Modern Major General? Oh, I don't think so, no. I feel like that's such shorthand for like pompous high society mm-hmm. is that song, at least in my mind. So when they started doing it, I'm like, of course, of course they're doing Modern Major General. And I'm like, such the the, the, the dopiest, like Gilbert and Sullivan that's dopey Pirates song. That's Pirates of Penzance, right? Yeah. Okay. Gilbert and Sullivan are the are like the Rogers and Hammerstein. Right, right, right. The, but but yeah. the the it com- modern major general is from Pirates of Penzance, right? Or yes. is it the, HMS Pinafore? <laughs> is, do you know these because of West Wing? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do. So that's so that's what I'm talking about, like kind of the elite. Like it's funny because I feel like Aaron Sorkin puts it in a lot of his stuff and it says more about Eric and Sorkin than necessarily his characters, but there's always right. some sort of Gilbert and Sullivan in his stuff. And so, like, to me, it's become this kind of hoity-toity high society shorthand. Oh, and see, for me, it's just like, I just think of Ainsley Hayes, so. Does she sing it? Uh, It's, it's, it's it's too long of a West Wing hole to go down. (laughs) Um, but when they come in, that other song they're playing was the absolute perfect choice for the scene, which is. Martin comes in, sees them at the piano. They don't notice it. Like, mm-hmm. or Martin never brings this up to them, like, mm-hmm. which is cool. I like that. But he just goes, oh, my boys. Like, so proud mm-hmm. and, like, they're my boys. Of course they're my boys. How could I? You know, like, mm-hmm. th- there's so much in that in a, for a 2002 sitcom. It was so well done. And then they sing this song. It's like, twiddle, twiddle, tit, bowsted it. Yeah. And it's, like, the most ridiculous song. And Martin's reaction is this giant eye roll. And he, like canes himself over to the the chair and puts on headphones it's so good because it's like he's still martin they're still this way like he loves them unconditionally Mm -hmm. but they also can annoy him yes i i thought that was so good um b plot real quick oh how dare you say real quick (laughs) oh i this didn't do much for me so the, I don't think it was bad, but like I was just so excited to get back to the Leland stuff. The B plot is that Niles and Daphne are getting on the four-year wait list for a very hoity-toity kindergarten for their to yet-to-be-conceived mm. child. I guess the reason I enjoyed this B plot is because 
I watch friends deal with this where like you have to get on a daycare mainly when I lived in DC but I'm sure it's the case elsewhere we're like Oh, you Probably. had to get on a daycare as soon as you thought about having a child because the I wait mean, list is going to be 10 months long whenever you have the kid. It's something that I think has been a sitcom plot point before this episode in other sitcoms. Mm-hmm. And to this day, like, I remember there's an office one. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of all, all the time doing this. I do like, do I detect the pitter patter of petite elite feet? Oh, yeah, wrote like, that down. That really made me laugh. First thing I wrote down, petite elite feet. Yep. Same here. Uh, I also, exact same thing here. I love when thing. Daphne was like, oh, we just need a placeholder name. Okay, Simon. I had the same reaction Niles did, where it's like, Simon? Yes. Your terrible brother? And she's like, there are lots of other Simons. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get you even placeholder. Name your kid Simon and say it's in, in no way connected to your terrible brother. Mm. Well, it's better than her final choice. What, what is her final choice? Milton? It's Milton who ends up being a guy she she dated. Oh, yeah. Well, also Daphne, not to, be, not to cast any aspersions to Daphne's virtue, but she's dated a lot of people. Okay. So she likes the name Milton. Well, Milton isn't exactly like that's like this is the name I'm going to go with. Like, let's not be one of your ex boyfriends. That's a little weird to me. Well, I, um, I was thinking more Niles would like the name because, like he says, the poet and yeah. Well, I do like the name that they set. They quote unquote settle on that. I did not see it coming. I should have seen it coming. So it the end of the episode, they get Roz to just pick one and not tell them, so they won't have to think about it. And Roz writes one down and then it's like five years later and they're at the like um it's like the admissions committee meeting for the yes for the kindergarten i thought we were actually going to see like their future child and it was going to be named this and i was like oh that's interesting i wonder if that's something we're going to have to like continue into the 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 new season that they're working on um but they're like ichabod crane (laughs) like well if you're not going to take it seriously neither will we denied and i'm like ichabod of course because the the one they did at the beginning that was like bill or bob crane Mm -hmm. did you get that joke Uh, i admit that i missed the name that they said so it was bob crane who was like the actor who starred in hogan's heroes i'm like is this a joke that a lot of people are going to get in 2002 i feel like when they do jokes like this they kind of do them in a, I don't know. It just, I was like, why did the audience, the audience, I feel the audience had to be prodded. Like, this is the, like, laugh, ha, a, uh, laughter yeah. sign, like, flash. Okay. Like, I was like, this isn't really a joke. So, I only heard Bob, and I thought he said Bod, and I assumed I'd missed him saying Ichabod. So, at the end, oh, when yeah, it was yeah. Ichabod Crane, I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. I did not see Ichabod Crane coming. Um... um I will say right, right now, a friend of mine is pregnant. I'm not going to say the name that, that we have, uh, that they were calling her unborn child. They don't know if they're having a boy or a girl, but it's something that their uh, toddler, you know, like little kids mishear names or words and stuff. And they just like say them wrong. Um, mm-hmm. he, he latched onto this like nonsense word basically. And just, and said like, I'm this before she even knew she was pregnant. He was like, the baby in mommy's tummy is this, is this, all of that. So now that's what we call, what I call um, their unborn kid. And and I'm like, man, when this kid's born, I, they, they got to give it a very different name so I can break yeah, myself yeah. of this habit. Um, there's also some jokes at Gertrude's respect throughout, uh, uh, on Gertrude's expense throughout this episode. And I was like, wow, they're really digging into Gertrude. Is this the one where we're at the end, Gertrude? Is, in is the this, cold clothes? Is this the one where she's, no, I think it's... Wait, oh my God. Is this the one where she's gone and not... Yes, because the next one is the fish. 
Okay. Yes. 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 You're right. You're right. This is the one where she appeared. The whole there's a joke where it's like every I've never seen this place so packed. Yeah, everyone knew what day Gertrude have off work, yes. and I was like, oh, okay, we're really digging. I wonder if Gertrude's going to show up. Get to the end of the episode, no show. Then she shows up in the cold clothes where she walks in late to work, and everyone walks out like all the customers. And I was like, wow, they paid her to come on and like get a. We got to get Millicent. I think is that mm-hmm. actress's name. We got to get her a payday. <laughs> I mean, it's a good button to the joke but it, it was all right it's been a long time since i've enjoyed the cold clothes i'm just always like shrug oh i do well, bad, well, we'll but... get to the next cold clothes but first do you want to uh do you want to do you want to rate this episode you go first because i have a feeling you may use mine oh gosh I, I i admit i don't really i don't have anything um off the top of my head i gotta i gotta look back at this uh, i guess you know i might just do i don't know i think i'm gonna do Five Coco Chanel replica sofas. Five? I gave this an eight out of ten uh, camo pants. I loved it. It was really good. good. I really enjoyed I'm it. I'm glad. I, I I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like, ha-ha! <laughs> I, I really liked it. I thought they did a good job. I I, uh, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. Um, no, it definitely harkened back to early episodes of Frasier that I really enjoyed. So... This one I thought had some good moments. The next one, but not great. Uh, season ten, episode twenty-three, analyzed kiss. Get some bonus points for the name. I like mm-hmm. I like good punny names. Mm-hmm. Uh, May thirteenth, two thousand thirteen or two thousand three. Julia has finished her affair with Fraser's accountant Avery and is vacillating between depression and she anger. Is vacillating. Vacillating. Jeez. Uh, one time I was in math class and like. Um, ninth grade or something and i asked the teacher it's getting cold in here can you turn off the ovulating fan bless your heart i know it was it was she was a very mean spirited teacher and it was the only time i ever heard her laugh um fraser offers his support even despite his determination to break into even despite her determination to break into avery's office and cause chaos did not care for this episode uh, uh, the Hulu think... synopsis was, uh, like, Fra- Frasier tries to find the deeper meaning after he and Julia kiss or something. Which was part of it. And again, I think I called this last time. I'm like, oh, the next the next episode with her, they'll kiss. Or they'll get you together. You did. And I wrote down so many times, oh, no, and no, 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 no. It was when uh, Frasier tries to warn her that Avery, the accountant she's having an affair with, is married. And she's like, I know, we're having an affair. And then at the end, when she gets Elvis Costello hired by a bank so he won't play at Nervosa anymore, mm-hmm. you were like, oh, they're going to get together. I wrote, oh, no, Roz. And I don't remember why. Because Roz is getting, has a job uh, interview. To oh, right. Sure. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second. The, 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 the one I realized why I was, oh, no. Um, caller. Ernie. Celebrity caller. Who's mad at his dog because his dog is telling him to take off his tinfoil hat. Bill Paxton, speaking of Titanic. Because I admit that I forgot to look as to who the caller was. Bill Paxton, R.I.P. Definitely putting on a voice. Could not tell us him. Yes, big time R.I.P. One of the only, what is it? He's the he's the only one of the only actors to be killed by a Terminator, a Predator, and an alien. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, I, I hate not to be like, I remember when he died, but I remember it was Oscar Sunday in whatever year uh, he died. It was, it was the Oscar Sunday and I was going to host my Oscar party and Russo, my old roommate, it was his 
Twister is his favorite movie. And I texted him. And I, was, I thought you were going to say Twister is his favorite game. And I was like, how do, like, do you guys play Oscar Twister where it's like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, what is this? I, I'm so excited to hear this game. I totally forgot about Twister the movie. Uh, that's, that's the thing when he died is I literally went, oh, I mean, oh, like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, that's sad. Bill Paxton's dead. And then it was like, do I like Bill Paxton? I was like, oh, yeah, he's in a ton of good movies. Like, it was mm-hmm. like you start realizing his career. Well, I had to text Russo and I was like, I'm really sorry to start your Oscar Sunday with this news and like texted him a link to an article. Um, so anyway, I'll just always remember when Bill Paxton, I just like I'll always remember when Philip Seymour Hoffman died. It was Super Bowl Sunday. Anyway, continue. Both stars of Twister. Oh, you're right. I like him. I'm glad. You know, it's, it's always good to get a celebrity caller in here. Um, but this, so... Avery, I mean, it, I'm not sure I can give this. Well, so like, Julia again. comes in to Fraser's studio to start her little marketplace report, and she's genuinely giving Roz congratulations about the job interview that she's about to have, and Roz keeps trying to find like the backhanded compliment in it. And when Fraser and Julia's like, "No, I'm just actually saying congratulations," Fraser's like, "Why? Like, why are you being so nice?" And she was like, "Well, you know, Avery and I broke up. He he wouldn't leave his wife for me." And I'm like, "Yeah." Did you think he was... I mean, again... I mean, that's you got to understand going into a fair, that's a big possibility. That, that they won't leave their wife? Yes. I, I say this yeah. as though I'm somebody who has been in had a lot of affairs. No. And know a lot of people have had affairs. I haven't. I just know that yeah. the trope in movies Only a is few always affairs. that you assume they always think they're going to leave their wife. And it's like, oh, they don't. Right. Or, you know, they do. Sometimes they do. I know. I actually had a few friends who, like, their stepmothers were... And it, like their stepmothers or stepfathers were like, they got together after an affair mm. and they were great together. It was interesting because I remember, I do remember my mom kind of gossipy about them and being like, mm, never going to work. And then like, they're still together. Well, as far so, as I, I guess, I guess here, here's something that I wonder is, is it that the cheater leaves their spouse or is that the spouse finds out about the affair and divorces them? Right. But like, yeah, going back to the, the episode, you, you, you have to know that, one of the like top three biggest endings of this relationship is he doesn't leave his wife. Like you can't be in denial of that. Yeah. And Julia is a smart woman. So the fact, I mean, if she was like, I knew this would happen, but I'm still emotional about it. That would make sense. But her being like, I can't believe he didn't do this. It's like, really? You can't believe that's you're in. No, you're smarter than I that. I also just really don't. I think this plot line is beneath Frasier as a TV show and I think it's beneath the Julia character a little bit so I think that's kind of why I'm just like ugh about the whole yeah I mean it, I don't I don't know that I got the same ugh vibes from you but I definitely got like the this is beneath my interest level yeah like, that, that too that, that's kind of what I <laughs> yeah. mean about it being beneath Frasier as a show it's such an easy plot line and kind of an unbelievable one for anyway anyway well it was also white knighting Frasier. Frasier again, yes. which was my problem with the last ep- the, the 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 Elvis Costello episode. Yes, um, I found this one a little less annoying with the white knighting, but at the same time, it was definitely the same thing where it's like he's being rewarded in a completely uh, unbelievable way for having basic human, like not even white knighting, and it's also like. She's like, you're just so like her thing was like, you just care so much about people. And I'm like, he's usually meddlesome. It's not like 
like the, the the joke of the series and I think the thing the series is trying to say for a lot of times is stop messing in other pl- people's business yeah. Frazier. Yeah. And now they're trying to turn it around to be like this great character uh, attribute of his, mm-hmm. which it can be a little bit, but I would have I felt like they just trying to switch something very quickly as opposed to ramping it up. I I, I don't know. I, it just felt it rang false to me. Well, the way I see it is ch- putting on the like what we know about TV seasons and stuff. This is episode 23. There's only one episode left in the, the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see the Hulu synopsis for the next one, which is something about Fraser and Julia dating. So mm-hmm. I bet that it's something like they start to date and then Julia gets some amazing job offer to go be a financial reporter or advice person like in New York. And then it's this whole, Oh, what this could have been. And then Frazier ends another season, like wistful about a relationship that wasn't that impressive to begin with. And it's mm. like, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Yeah. Potentially. And probably I, I will say, so she starts like rewarding him when he's being super nice to her. She kisses him. And then he like presses her annoyingly. Like, why did you kiss me? Um, and she she's like, well, completely nonchalant after that. Yeah. Yeah. She reacts strangely. And it is then like, you just were, you know, I'm a cynical person. I believe that everyone's either there. People are out to like screw or get screwed. And it's, you were so genuine, blah, blah, blah. So I kissed you, which is, I'm like, okay. But the thing I liked about it was when she did it, she's, he's like, why'd you kiss me? She's like, I needed you to shut up. He's like, Oh no, no, no. I've been kissed to shut me up before. This was not that. I thought that was a, that joke I thought was a little underrated because it felt like, yep, I could see that in other episodes where it's like, shut up. I just like that he's like, because then later she does it and he's like, oh, okay, that was one to shut me mm-hmm. up, which I thought was kind of charming, but like not enough to really do much for this episode or at least that plot line to me. Um, I, I will say I'm looking at all of these, all of my notes, almost all of them are about the B plot, but I did write down that, that Frazier is really bad at hiding. I know that that was the point of this, but when he's in the closet, he is like, enunciating so much as he's whispering. Right. He's doing stage whispering. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Let's call the Niles thing the C plot, and let's talk a little bit about the B plot first, which is Roz getting a job interview. You know, someone calls her up, and she's like, oh, the only thing is I've... Yes, I've I've slept with this guy. Oh, really? And it's like, yeah, his name's something like Wally Withrow. Woody Whiswell. And she's like, Woody Whiswell. She's like, I only remember it because I woke up to his name tag on the pillow next to me because they hooked up at a conference. And she's like, you don't yes. forget a name like Woody Whiswell. So she goes to the interview and he's saying things in a way that like make it sound like he's been bragging about their sexual ex- exploits, which I was very quickly like, oh, F this scumbag. <laughs> like I was like, this guy sucks. And it turns out he's like, she's like, I know we slept together. Let's get that out of the way. And he's like, we, what are you talking about? You have me confused with someone else. And she's like, how would I miss another Woody Wiswell? Who else, who in the world is named that? He goes, only me and my dad. And I was like, oh, like that was like the best joke in the whole thing to me. Cause that's when I wrote, oh no. I, I have to admit, I did not see that joke coming at all. So. I saw something coming in the like seconds. It was like something's coming and I don't know what it is. Like so it was just kind of perfect setup where I was like, Oh, here we go. And then it was not something I, I suspected. They bring it up later where she where Fraser's like, Do you not look at their face? Like I thought that was very funny. Yes, I I, I did think that was funny. Um, I like, um Oh, I okay, one thing I do want to talk about. Sure. And, and I should say I don't know if Roz ends up leaving KACL. Like I truly don't at this point. Like like we're past the point where I remember major plot points. But um mm-hmm. Like, a, a work friend leaving. And, I mean, 
I don't, I've never worked with somebody as closely as Frazier and Roz where like you work next to somebody absolutely every single day. Like your work is very intertwined and everything. But I, when, when Frazier was like, you know, I'm so like happy for you. Like, obviously I'm going to miss you and I wish you could just stay, you know, with me forever. But like, I'm happy for you. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I started thinking about like when work friends leave and how it, how it, how it can be sad. I just want to hear your experiences with that. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I was just talking to someone today. We were talking. We worked at, this, at the same studio, and when he was telling me when he left, there were a lot of people. He was kind of like, he goes, "I don't want to sound petty, but they never said goodbye to me." Like a lot of the old like leadership, because we were talking about how the leadership near the end in that studio was really out for themselves mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. And I that it was interesting because he was like, "I don't know, maybe I'm being." It was you know. Him being, being being very vulnerable with me, and I didn't get back to him for a little bit because I was working. And then he was like, "I don't know, maybe I'm like, you know, I felt like that was a little bit of a like, I'm I'm not having emotions, blah blah blah." I'm like, "No, man, that sucks. Like that absolutely sucks. You know that someone would do that, and that that's you know the thing. I've my my industry leaves jobs more often, so I understand that there's people I just don't see again. But like, yeah, you can take it real personal if people don't say bye or. You know, you can get real sad because there's people that I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I really liked working with you and we're going to stay in touch. And it's like, it's a small industry. So you run into people again. But at the same time, there are people that it's just like, and I never saw them again. And like, if they come up for whatever reason, I'm like, oh, that's a great person. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, they're great to work with and remember that. But it's like, holy cow, I haven't thought of that person in the six years I've been gone from that company. Yeah, there's. I'd say there's like levels for me. Like there's some old coworkers that I still, we still mail each other Christmas cards and. Oh yeah. 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 I, and then but there's like, those are friends to me, not coworkers that I happen to work right, with. Right, 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 right. Um, and then there's like, Oh, the people where we follow each other on Instagram. And then, mm. and then it's like, really, if we don't follow each other on Instagram or like interact quasi regularly on Facebook. I mean, we, we were just former coworkers that never transcended into friendship or anything. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think about, Perhaps I've often been the work friend who's leaving. And I think about kind of like people's reactions around that. Again, I've never had the longevity at a job that Frazier and Roz have had together and worked with somebody so closely, um, like daily, like they did. But I don't know. I, that, that really rang true to me where Frazier is like, when you leave, like my, like my work life is going to completely change. I, yeah, I, it, it, it's funny, like, Again, the industry being small, I've had situations, particularly after for people who worked the same studio as my first job, where I meet them later and they go, "Oh, you're Ryan Jenkins," and I'm like, "Okay, this is not for anything I ever did work-wise. This is from some stupid thing I did after work." What I'm like, "What do you know?" And I've had people tell me stories, and I'm like, "That never happened. <laughs> like, what? Really? What are you talking about? Yeah. Wow. When I worked in in Champagne, it was essentially why are it was they- a little frat housey. Why are why are these things getting attributed to you? Because you'd left and they could easily attribute something to you. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm inflating these things, but like story, like lore or like, I heard you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I never did that. And they're like, well, because I just think I did a lot of crazy stuff. I remember one time we were downtown in Champaign and we were at a bar and I, you know how I, I you know how I'm loud in normal life. You put a few drinks in me, I get louder. I remember this person, I forgot they had moved downtown Champaign. All of a sudden, you just hear this window open and someone go, Ryan, shut up! Like, in the middle of the night in the downtown, I looked, I'm like, sorry! And, like, people who were, like, out at bars were just laughing because they heard him. 
<laughs> it's just so ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know why stuff gets attributed to me. Like I said, that place was a little. It, it, it when I was there, there was a big contingent of like, it's five o'clock somewhere. Let's go. Like you know, it was a lot of like people just out of college or grad school or whatever. So they were you know young single. And you were also living in a college drinking. town. In a college town, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, now I've had people run to me go, oh, I've heard of you. And it's like all stuff like, I worked with so-and-so and they had really nice things to say about you. And I'm like, that's much better Aww, than the other, nice. the alternative. Or like, I know so-and-so and oh, they're great. And we talk about, you know, things like that. You know, people, it's a small industry. So um, I thought you were going to like kind of say that they didn't seem, I mean, I think they portrayed them going away pretty well here. I think, you know, they're such good friends that like, and, and her being like, I'm going to stay in Seattle. It's like, they will continue to see each other. Right. Right. And I mean, she is part of Frazier's family. Like she is close yeah, to every like, member of his family. She's even close to Niles now. So yes, yeah, she hangs out with Martin. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, she's going to be around. Um, um, wait, I did. I wrote this down and now I'm wondering if it was in the last episode and I, forgot to mention it oh i did the the, about going to the dog park is that why you people have pets to get dates that's this episode i believe no i wrote it down in the last episode so you're right so this is the gertrude episode okay 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 so we flip those sorry sorry Uh, sorry no no no. i I clearly i watched these an hour ago and i clearly didn't remember um i'm also sitting far enough away from my computer screen without my glasses so that's why i can't exactly see it comes for all of us doesn't it um Laurel, I got diagnosed today with a uh, frozen shoulder. You know how my shoulder's been bothering me and I go to PT? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to PT. I didn't remember what it was for. I finally went to an orthopedist and, and it was, he was like, yeah, you're not, you, you have full on frozen shoulder. So I got a cortisone shot in it. And then I got so nauseous, I had to lay down and someone had to go get me a Snickers bar. And like, because they were like, is it your blood sugar? I'm like, well, and I looked down, I'm like, great, my sensor has just expired. I have no way of knowing what my blood sugar is. It might be low blood sugar. And they're like, okay, well, we'll go get you something. There was a, it was at a, in a hospital. So they went and they got me a Gatorade and a Snickers bar. And Laurel, it was, I go, it can't be blood sugar because this kicked me up way too fast. Because the second I took bite one of that Snickers bar, it was like those commercials where it's like Joe Pesci's like, mm-hmm. you calling me f- funny? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Like, hey, Jill, eat a Snickers mm-hmm. bar. <laughs> and he bites it. It's a woman. Like, that's what it was. It was like that Snickers revived me. I felt like a different person. Um, but yeah, like, and I'm walking out. And I'm like, I am 41. This is awful. Like, it's, 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 you know, I turned around. There's a guy with a, a scythe and a hooded. Oh, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. What, um, what, what figure. Just briefly, just briefly for the listeners and myself, what are what is frozen shoulder? It's essentially it's like I I've lost some mobility in it. It hurts when I pick up certain things. Like it's you can so, it, it so needs to be kind of stretched out in a very specific just way. Some mobility like, exercises while you're you know you're just testing it out. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm yeah. myself from getting frozen shoulder. You know, it's it's common diabetics. It's, it's, I like, I have a hard time tucking my shirt in the back with my left arm. Hmm. I have a hard time putting on jackets. Hmm. Like it's uncomfortable at the, at the very least it's uncomfortable at most. It's, it's a little painful. Um, Do you pull like a Martin Sheen, how he puts jackets on by like flipping them over his shoulders and. Well, it's, it's, (laughs) that's funny because I tried some of that stuff and then I just have to put it on my left shoulder first, which is doesn't seem hard because it's usually i put my right shoulder on and then i stretch my left and put it on and this one i put it on my left shoulder and then i kind of like 
it's just doing the opposite. And it's like, I'm sorry to be crude. If you've ever had a hand injury and you have to wipe your butt with your non-dominant hand, it's like, this should be very easy to do. And it's really throwing me off. Like, it's like some very minor things that you've always done one way, like doing it the other way. It looks like I go from a person, you know, a normal person to someone who it's like, (laughs) okay, little Ryan, time to get dressed. Like I look like a giant toddler putting on a shirt or a jacket because it's like, like, it just looks like I'm unused to doing (laughs) this. It's so silly. Sorry, this is going to be a lot funnier than I expected. I'm not laughing at your your misery, but. No, I well, listen, I'm presenting it in a specifically comedic way because it's the best way I can think of to do it. If like. I mean, you try doing it the opposite way, and you're going to be like, I can't believe. No. Or you're ambidextrous, and you're going to find out this way. Especially things that you do so regularly. Like, it's like, not to be crude, doing bathroom stuff, which sounds weirder than I mean for it to. Um, but things you do, like, multiple times a day, every day of your life, for however many day, almost every year you've been on mm-hmm. this earth. And then all of a sudden, like, craniacs... <laughs> Today's craniac challenge. Go home and try the other hand when you're cleaning yourself after a bathroom trip. And just, you know, I love them going like, I, I, I want hashtag. <laughs> Let's put this up somewhere. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, don't, I, don't. I, I mean, just uh, find us in the Facebook just, group. Leave us a voicemail. Remember we used to have a Google voice number that people could leave voicemails on. Yes, I need to. I forgot to get back on. I think I tried once and I was like, I cannot find a Seattle number. It was like the closest was like Spokane or something. Spokane. Well, he's in Spokane now. So, oh, but no, actually, now I could probably go back and do that. Well, but yeah, I could BB try just again. actually, I think had him taken off in Spokane, but anyway, oh, can we right. get to the C plot now, which is Niles yes. takes Martin to the gun range and Niles ends up running into th- three guys who are also there, firearms enthusiasts. And they get Niles to like fire gun and Niles it turns out he's pretty good. And he actually kind of likes it. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go ahead and say that we both probably understand that the optics on this plot aren't great, but we're not really going to go into it. Yes. So uh, here's one thing that I, until we got, and again, I didn't remember where this went. So at first I was like, I don't have a problem with, I mean, I don't have a problem with responsible gun ownership. So like mm-hmm. Niles learning how to fire a gun at a shooting range. And when they're like, this is the safest place to do it. And like taking classes on it stuff. I'm all like, great. Good for you. Yeah. The part at the end where they are at a gun show. Also, I really thought the passes to the gun show was going to be a joke and they were all going to like, I don't know, go lift weights. Flex. I really expected that to me. So when they were at an actual gun show, I was kind of surprised. I love Niles being like looking at like ankle holsters mm-hmm. and stuff like that because I will admit and I think we should all as a country, as a, as a society admit that guns are really cool (laughs) however it's i think it's the the art there's a great argument to be made that being cool is not better than being safe Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i'm saying but like i the first time i fired a gun i was like like i understand i get why people are into this i get why people who don't care about others are like collect a bunch of these and like if you've never fired a gun I think it's worth doing it under safe situations. I think we said this on the thing before. I think you and Tara have talked about doing a gun safety class mm-hmm. or trying to mm-hmm. do something like that. And I'd, I'd like to do the same. Um, and 
I think, you know, I am sometimes viewed as the most conservative in my family because I do think there's a version of responsible gun ownership out there. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're anywhere close to it right now. Anyway, I, so the idea of going to a gun show has always appealed to me. I saw something, for some reason this popped up on my Amazon, like you should buy thing where it was something that looked almost like a real, like I like old West guns. I think they're so cool. Mm -hmm. Like colts and revolvers and things like that like anytime i watch a western i love the guns in westerns more than i like like call of duty guns mm-hmm. or tactical guns or ar-15 type stuff and well, any of that more stuff like the modern guns. yeah i think you know i find those so charming and interesting and you know we're watching deadwood right now me and tara and every time i love the guns in deadwood and there's like a revolver a plastic toy revolver they had on that for some reason they were showing me on amazon and it looked mostly like a revolver, but then it had like lights on the side. So it was like, there was enough to be like, this is obviously not one of those guns that's meant to look like a real gun, mm-hmm. but it's also was expensive. And the thing was like, reviews were like, the weight is really good. And it's like, it's good for spinning. Like if you're trying to do, like it's mm-hmm. good to practice that stuff. And I was literally like, should I get one of these? And then I'll get a <laughs> holster and then I'll, and then I'll just walk around the house. Like, Laurel, have I ever told you? Do you remember when we talked about driving gloves, fingerless driving yes. gloves on one of these episodes? Did I tell you I got a pair? No. No, you didn't. I definitely got a pair. And I put them on every once in a while when I play video games. I'm like, it's time to play some video games. So, like, I was thinking of getting this this plastic toy and, like, walk around the house and be like, yeah. And just, like, spinning <laughs> it and stuff? Whatever. Because I would love an Old West gun. Like, if you could make me an Old West gun that does not fire bullets... I would love it. Like if you could just like put cement in the barrel or mm-hmm. something like that. It makes it seem has all the same action, everything else. I find that super interesting. Like the, the real mechanics, the cleaning out of it and getting it nice and all that sort of thing. But it doesn't actually it, like it can't shoot a bullet mm-hmm. for some reason. I would love one of those because to me it's the weight. It's the like, all that's super interesting. So I was like, do I want this stupid toy gun? So I get when Niles was like, give me an ankle holster. And Daphne's like, you don't own a gun. and I'm not going to let you own a gun. Mm-hmm. Like there was, I watched some 007. Uh, there's some great on like the 007 Blu-rays about like the guns of 007 and all that stuff. Like that's still an era where this stuff is charming mm-hmm. and not like super scary. But like there was a whole thing with the guy, the guy they, there was like the first book or the first movie or I think it's the first book a guy wrote to Ian Ster- or Sir Ian Sterling and was like Fleming. he wouldn't use that gun he'd use this gun Bond would to do this and he's like and they interviewed that guy who had written to it and changed the gun I think guns he started with a Beretta or he went to a Beretta and it was like so to me that's the first thing of like Twitter of like this is inaccurate Bond wouldn't use this gun this wasn't the gun they used here or something like that and he actually wrote it down and sent it to an author in like the 50s mm-hmm. and he changed it. And then they interviewed this guy for the movie. And he's like, he literally sets up a piece of wood in this gun. He's like, I use a chamois leather holster. And he's got like that voice. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a good holster to draw from. And he's doing this. And I'm like, this is the funniest thing ever. And then he just fires off some bullets in his house in Britain into like a thick piece of wood. He's like set up on the back of a chair, <laughs> like just to show it off for these, these cameramen who are interviewing him for this thing in like 1968 or whatever. I just, it was so charming. I love stuff like that. I, I'm so, so again, I'm so glad you have, you have stuff like that to, you know, <laughs> whet your appetite of uh, gun ownership. 
without actually being like, I got to go get one. Exactly. Please, exactly. Know? Exactly. Um, I, I want to bump on just some of the, I think that the scene at the gun show is especially funny. Just how clueless Niles is when he's like, Ooh, a compound in Idaho, just like the Kennedys. Yes. Love that <laughs> so much. And when one of them's like, Hey, like, come with me. We're all entering to win this ATV. Oh, I'll be right there. What kind of TV? I just, I loved, I, I loved mm-hmm. it. I loved all of it. And then, and then being like, what do you do in that comp? And then being like more and more obvious. Yes. And, and then like, at the I, end, when they're like, Burton's like, Niles, I think they're trying to overthrow the government. And he's like, you say that about public television. And then later, yeah, Miles so is like, nope, nope. Yep. They're definitely part of the militia. Let's that's go. where he's like, he's like, what do you, so what do we leave this compound? He's like, as soon as we get this, uh, this generator it'll help us when the new world order takes over and he goes oh that sounds great yep they're definitely this let's yeah. go let's go let's go go go, go. Like, like, sounds good excuse me one moment they're definitely militia let's go <laughs> yes um th- there's a if you're interested in this kind of stuff there's a the there's a i have no idea waco, what you're about to say <laughs> there's a waco documentary on speaking of like compounds on netflix a waco on netflix right now that I, we started watching the first episode is real good i don't we we ended up we've kind of got off it but the because uh, it the first episode is the actual scene and then the other two i think are like the legacy of mm. what that means for america today which i interested to see what we haven't seen yet so something to check out i didn't know a lot of the stuff and i lived through that i remember like i think they put it on televisions mm-hmm. in school i remember like it vividly it was, yeah i i don't remember it like i remember the footage vividly and i have this feeling like i was in class but like it was interesting to rewatch and get like on the ground reports and stuff so it's it's, it's interesting to watch if you know the waco stuff i think it's got to be super interesting if you haven't which is kind of more of tara's like she had a very b- slight knowledge of it it's interesting because i work with people uh, like as young as like 12 years younger than me and as old as like you know 25 years older than me so we were we're actually talking about this and the people who like i have some coworkers who went to baylor and some coworkers who, so many of them have a passing knowledge or just like didn't live in Texas at the time or something, have a passing knowledge mm-hmm. of this that they, so some of them are like, wait, that happened in this Waco? Like where Magnolia is? Yeah, and yeah, and the, the, the change in Waco. Yeah, is it's been interesting thing. just to see kind of how some people, like my coworkers who went to Baylor are like, we always like knew about it, but we, mm-hmm. you know, it was, had happened so far in the past. It was obviously something Waco was trying to kind of leave in the past and move beyond that. Um, I, I feel like that documentary is really uh, getting a lot of, getting a lot of mm-hmm. eyes on it. Um, any LOLs? I mean, I think I've already gone through them about like, just like the Kennedys and what kind of TV. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to go back to the first one, we'll discuss the first one's actual, uh, cold closing. There's a remark about, uh, you know, do people with pets use them to pick up, do to, to get dates? Mm-hmm. And Fraser's like, I never got one. The stupid fish or mm-hmm. whatever. And then at the end, he gets in the elevator with a young boy who's got a fish in a bag. And then a girl comes on and talks to him and like leaves arm in arm, which I thought was very funny. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I switched those up. I apologize. The Gertrude one was actually in this one, and the fish one was in the previous one. Yes, well, you know, uh, you will have to pay a penance, and we will discuss what that is, so. <laughs> Gee, shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I enjoyed that because Leo, especially when I first got him, Leo was, like, enamored of men, like, would always go up to men as I walked him, would, like, do a 180 to follow a man on a walk and everything, and my <laughs> friends were like, this, He's a good wingman. This Laurel, this, this, this is, this is where you're going to find your husband. Just mm. 
walk in Leo. Leo's going to pick him out for you. Leo wants a daddy. Like uh, 101 Dalmatians. Yes, yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah. What did you rate this one? I think I would give this one maybe um, six ATVs, one in a drawing. I give it four uh, ankle holsters. I The A-plot really dragged it down for me. I, th- I do think I agree with you. The B plot was pretty good, though. Um, well, I, I, well, I, I think it, we called it the C plot. I think the C plot. The C plot, was, correct, 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 correct. Yeah. Well, the B plot I thought was pretty good, considering it was pretty brief. Yes. I thought that I really got a kick. That was a really good joke for for me. But uh, gang, if you've got uh, you know thoughts on pets getting you dates, if you've got some good uh, baby names or, or pet getting them a date. I really tried to think if Leo has ever gotten me a date and I don't, I don't think he has. I don't think he has. Uh, I got my dog after I got married. So moot point for Ryan. Um, if you've got a baby name that you think is funny or like a, 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 a what, what should we say? A, no, a deal breaker baby name. Well, like I will never that, name a baby. Or that. a placeholder name. Like a lot of people have to, like, especially if they're not finding out the gender, they give their unborn child some sort of nickname, you know? And I, I'd love to uh, share those. When my sister, they were looking for names for their first kid. My brother-in-law, I mean, they'll never listen. They picked some pretty dorky like names. And I mean, I think this taught them never to involve uh, my side of the family and decisions that should only be between them. But literally one, he put, he put a couple of really names. I was like, what are these dumb names? And one of them he put was Sherlock. Now again, this is Bainbridge. Um, but so like, he was like real. And I think, and I put, I responded to the text like, how about Optimus Prime? Or what about Godzilla? Like, and just did a bunch of really dumb ones like that. And I think I really hurt his feelings, which, I admit, I believe those are very stupid names, but there's a much better way of me to handle that. But I, yeah. I, it became a joke that I was going to name my first child Optimus Prime for a long time. I mean, Oppie, what a cute name. Um, <laughs> Timmy. Uh, I, uh, I, I've had a few friends make this decision, and this is what I kind of counsel all friends to do, which is do not share your baby name. Do not oh, share yeah, it yeah. until the baby is there. And you introduce everybody to the baby. Because by that point, mm-hmm. nobody will say anything because they'll be so distracted well, you- by the baby. <laughs> Do you remember that Modern Family with the like baby name at the Godfather? One of the the, the Godfather episode is one of the best because it's when he enacts his re- Phil enacts his revenge on everybody while they're at the christening, which is exactly like the Godfather, mm. and he's becoming the Godfather of their kid. But the kid, the, the, the side thing is he's got a ridiculous name that's like a family name for I can't remember Gloria. I think that's her. Oh, oh, it's for name. uh oh, what's his name? Um, it's for their youngest that she has. Um, yes. Oh my God, what is his name? I can't remember it. I don't either, but it's they call him something else. His Joe. middle name is Joe. Yeah, it's something Joseph, and they call him Joe. But you know, it's like first of all, it's the kid's name, and once they hit eighteen, if they want to change their name to Optimus Prime, they can't. Yeah. <laughs> no reason not to. Anyway, so if you've got any thoughts on any of this stuff, send us an email. Get at us at Twitter or Facebook. Uh, email we are craniacs at gmail.com that's c-r-a-n-e-i-a-c-s craniacs at craniacs on twitter craniacs a Frasier podcast on facebook you did it good um, job i t- i know it's it's just it's never gonna not confuse me it's never gonna come out super quick and easily it's just the way i am wherever that's you're listening to us oh my god ah! 
Uh, wherever you're listening to us, especially if it's overcast, which do 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 do, I'm back on biggest news of the year. Um, <laughs> Definitely biggest news of the year. Nothing else <laughs> tops it. Let us. Let, yeah, nothing's happened. <laughs> there was a the same day that Trump got indicted. There was a video game conference that got canceled this year, mm-hmm. and someone put up a cartoon of Trump online going, "Oh man, E3 got canceled. That's the I never got to go. This is the worst thing that's going to happen to me today," <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Anyway, um, wherever you see us, give us the highest review you can. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend about us. Do all those things to help a little podcast out. But give us the highest review possible. Five stars, not lower. If you want to give us a four-star or lower review, Laurel may have an alternative yes, activity every, for you. You know, sometimes there's just a TV show that you are like, I'm just going to go back and watch the series finale for fun. And then it makes you think, should I go back and rewatch this entire series after you rewatch the series finale? And folks, that happened to me last week. I'm interested to hear what this is. With the Americans. Uh, Oh, yeah, we haven't seen that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Y'all may remember, it was on FX. It won some Emmys. It was from like 2013 to 2018. Carrie Russell, Matthew Reese, they play a uh, married couple who are Russian spies that have assimilated into early 1980s America. They live in Virginia. Um, and they are, you know, trying to pretend they are this happy American family. They have two kids that were born in the U.S. And they are at the same time, you know, just doing espionage for Russia. Um, the mm-hmm. series as a whole is very good. The series finale is fantastic. And... It just, I don't know, it just made me be like, do I, do I go, wow, the all the way back to season one and start at the beginning? Because it's so worth it. But, so yeah, guys, I, I don't know if it's the Americans for you. I, I don't know what it is. If you haven't seen the Americans, Ryan and Tara, uh, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely watch it. Um, it's one of those shows where we watched like the first four episodes and went, this is really good. Mm-hmm goodbye forever yes. like there's like a few shows we've done that like we keep trying to do v- v- better call Saul and then we get to a good ending point and we're just like uh, that is me happy the with where we are. I can't tell you how many times I've seen the first half yeah. of the first season I mean at least three times and that's that show that show is kind of a slice of life show so it's not like it's like I mean there's big moments but it's not like well, here's my thing about The Wire. Is I think The Wire shows its age. And The American, since it was already a period piece, it's set in the early 80s when it was made. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show its age because it was already supposed to look outdated. Um, I just, it's oh. it's one of those shows that is, it's very good from the beginning. But things that happen in season one pay off in season four and five mm-hmm. that you're just like, what? Yeah. So. Uh, Elizabeth Banks apparently really enjoyed The Americans when she cast Cocaine Bear because like. Carrie Russell and I forget the other. Matt Matthew uh, Reese is in it, and Margot Martindale is also in it. It's a little, uh, big, yeah, it's a little Americans reunion. Um, anyway, big just, Martin Martindale fan. It, it's it, it's a there are very few shows other than like Parks and Rec and Downton Abbey where I go back and rewatch the series finale just apropos of nothing. And mm. also for neither of those shows does it make me say I should go back to the beginning and watch the whole thing again. But for the Americans, I was like, oh man, do I go back? Yeah. That's kind of I got Tara back into Deadwood because we were I was watching a bunch of videos of that that's a good show we're checking out now the 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 finale I mean essentially the story is they didn't know they're getting canceled season three ends on like a weird cliffhanger and then eventually they do the movie yes so we're I have not seen the movie so excited for that but 
Yeah, uh, do do, li- do listen to Laurel like I will, and check out the Americans guys. Uh, and uh, until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel, and we're listening. Bye, y'all. Laurel is the expert.